Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, A Stage Reborn is returning on the show and we are going to actually watch their latest production, the story of Maria and Draco, and it bothers me that it's not Draco and Maria because it would be alphabetically correct. We'll also very briefly talk about the launch of the 4.1 website, although it doesn't have a whole lot going on there just yet, as well as checking out the latest host of the realm with our very own Ethis Asher. He's not here! So we can all laugh at him, and he won't actually be here to respond to it. But anyway, I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Pulveromo. Of course, joining me is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. You my boy, Blue. How you doing, Donkey Rompers? I'm doing awesome. Doing, doing awesome. real Long good. Days. Long days ahead yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you done with the first, with the prologue at least? First chapter. Oh my god, that didn't take as long as you said it was gonna. Liar. No, it, no, it didn't. That took about 10 hours. 10 hours, right? 12 yeah. hours? 10, 10 hours because we started at 3 and went till about 1.30. So. All right. Yeah, you started at 2.30. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the pre-show started at 2.30. That's yeah. right. There yeah. Go. And, of course, well, we don't want to just talk about a stage reborn without one of them actually being here. So returning from the last time we talked about a stage reborn several, several months ago, I think even early summer was the last time we had a stage reborn on. We have Wanderer Sabaku, the... Uh, what, what would you say your official role is, Stage Reborn? Because you're the Stage Reborn Twitter, so I was going to say a Stage Reborn itself, but that's kind of a disingenuous to all the other people who work really hard on it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm my my technical title, I guess, is the the founder, president and executive director of a Stage Reborn. Founder is probably what I should have gone for. That would have been that would have been probably the easiest one. It's good to have you back, Wander. Yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, I've got some of my, my some of the nonprofits board members are in the chat. So, uh, yeah, yeah. we wave. noticed we noticed we got, uh, of course, Skline is <laughs> on that command. Oh, that command. If you're in the chat right now, please try type exclamation mark Skline. Uh, if you don't, Zainaba will. So don't worry. I'm sure uh, I'm sure we get plenty of action on uh, on that. And uh, please read it if you're watching this on YouTube. Please read it over in the little chat section. Just blow it up on the screen if you're on a phone. Wait till you get home. If not, someone type it in the comment section. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that that'll uh, that'll go marvelously. Uh, but anyway, we're actually going to be watching your latest production. But before we do that, I want to uh, get to talk to you a little bit about the latest production, which yeah. Sly here hasn't had the pleasure of watching live yet, unfortunately. Not live. Not live. Not Some live. vod. No. Sly, we went to the last one together. No. Yeah, we did. I said, I know. Oh, I thought you said no. Just no. And I was like, you <laughs> don't try to hide. Don't try to hide it. I think Aya was there too last time we went. But see, I watched the VOD. I did, did watch, watch the, VOD. the VOD. And everyone else will be getting to watch the VOD here who's live watching the show, screen for a treat. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your latest production, Wander? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it is not going to be 100% what you're probably expecting if you've played Final Fantasy VI. What we did when uh, writing the script is we took not just the cutscenes from the game, but we also took um, like the, the Queen style remix from OC Remix. We took that into consideration. Basically anything, if you go on the Final Fantasy wiki, all these things, and you look for Final Fantasy VI, it was on our kind of storyboard when piecing together the script. Um, we took some liberties with some originality in developing a full story because with the game itself, you only get that little sliver. Um, we did make some references back to the actual gameplay, which you will see. Um, but I mean, all in all, it's um, it's also it's it's really different because we try and stay within the game environment. So we didn't do an actual opera. It's really a it's a it's a text macro. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a text macro play uh, rendition mm -hmm. of it, and. Um, yeah, you'll you'll definitely you'll catch some characters. We did put Setzer and Ultros in there in an interesting way. Um, I love some... I love I can't wait for them to see the Ultros part. That I that excited me the most when I saw that. And um and for those I know I know that you you've probably got viewers on here that are, are like you know twenty minutes in they'll be like oh I'm gonna start to fall asleep I'll wait till it's over. Um don't stop watching at the bows. Watch all the way to the end. Not telling you anymore, but trust me, please do. Yes. Now I'm gonna go ahead and ask, um, what made you what made you go into the female direction for Drake? Well, there was um, it was really a, a two pronged decision. Our initial Draco, he had um, a lot of hectic things happening in his life. Uh, his PlayStation started to crap out on him, and uh, we realized that uh, we had to make a decision if he was going to be able to do it or not. So we needed to have a, a new Draco come in. And um, our, our wonderful Skline staff member there and one of our board members, uh, Tristan, AKA Skline, AKA the command on. AKA Smut King. <laughs> the, the Smut fan Skline. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so uh, he was our technical director at the beginning and he was the most attuned to the play. Like he knew all these roles, he knew the story, he knew the script, he knew the vision that I had in mind. So I said, I wanna put you in here because I know you can, you can make it happen. You can make us not have extra delays because we have to get a new Draco. Uh, and then I realized I was like, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force you to Fantasia because we're in a video game. We can work with what we have. I'm not gonna make you spend the money on Fantasia unless you want to. And then, um, and then me and some of the board members decided, you know, this the plot of the opera itself is a little dry. I mean, it's the same with Canary. It's a little if you don't know Final Fantasy IX and everything, it's a little hard to follow. Um, and the story of the opera is really, if you look into it, it's a lot about acceptance. And with all the, you know, all the LGBT movement push lately, we thought it would be really good to portray um, a same sex relationship and really push that, you know, that message of acceptance as well. Mm -hmm. um, so those, those were really, you know, the two prongs that went into it. And I think, you know, from a delivery aspect that ended up really enhancing the play and making it work. Now, was there was there when you when you made this decision, was there any kind of pushback and were there any challenges, you know, attached to the overall story with changing Draco's gender? No, I mean, 
our biggest struggle is because we do have understudies and we're looking at cycling them because we want more peer, people to get that experience on, you know, on the virtual stage and get into theater in a new different way. And mm -hmm. um, so the biggest thing is just hitting control F through the script and changing all the he's and him's to hers. Uh, that's literally the only hurdle there was, you know, as far as emotes for the characters, the technical aspect, um, the the playmaking sense and everything, all of it worked out fine. I'd say as I got to see it live and I it took me a while to even realize I was like, wait a minute. Oh, OK. That's, that, <laughs> and that was how long it took me to accept that it that it had been done that way. That was all it took because it was still the same, pretty much the same story or the story that they portrayed in the story and the, the main moral. Mm -hmm. Of it, so yeah. For anyone who's watching, you will see a female Draco, pretty much in uh, in this rendition of uh, Maria and Draco, not Draco and Maria. I I'm not gonna get past that. It really bothers me that alphabetically it's doing the M and then the D and not the D and then the M. Sly, why do you? Why can't you ever just accept me for who I am? I do. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. You you don't. You don't. I don't believe you do. Alright, so uh, with that little introduction out of the way, we can come back and talk about some of the finer points, especially the more unique points, but we don't want to spoil too much for everyone uh, before we actually get into the show. So, gentlemen, do you mind if we actually just sit down and watch the story of Maria and Draco? Watch? Yeah. You, don't, yeah, you, don't, you don't mind? You don't mind at all? We, we're not going to be saying anything for the next, like, 20, 30 minutes. 25 minutes. 25 minutes, 18 seconds is what I have here. For the video itself. Right, Glad me... you have the time down. What do you? I've got a video in front of me, Sly. What do you mean? Why do I have the time down? I said I'm glad you got the time down. Oh, okay. See, I'm just not listening right now, so that's fine. Right. Okay, I'm just my mind's focused on getting this working. All right, so gentlemen, let's mute our microphones and uh, let's get started. Everyone, enjoy the story of Marie and Draco, brought to you by a stage reborn on the Diablo server.
All right, they can't, the, in the call, they can't hear me just yet, but let me get everything settled right here. All right, gentlemen, do you have your microphones back on? Yep. Sly? Yep. All right, just making sure. So, everyone, that was the story of Maria and Draco put on as, as Denmo says in the chat, in an obnoxiously limited game, this was managed to be achieved. Is it just me, or is there no audio? I have audio perfectly fine, although it looks like Wander's face just broke. <laughs> His <laughs> computer like your face broke on mine. Oh, well, now you're back. Okay, there you go. Now you're good. You're good. Okay, so that was fantastic. I enjoyed seeing it the second time, especially uh, the homages to Final Fantasy VI, the part at the end in particular. And uh, Ultra's having a little bit of shenanigans with Setzer early on, colluding, if I... Uh, if I if I didn't if I didn't know any better, <laughs> I don't. I still can't believe that you guys are able to put on shows like that. I could not even begin to piece together everything between the opera and everything else. So I would. Uh, I kind of want to know a little bit more about uh, the creative process for that because when you you guys first did, I want to be your canary. Then you did the worker. Now you're doing. Now you did this. How do you get? From the opera that is on Super Nintendo to that. Um, well, <clears throat> the um, one of the lucky thing is the the people that we have on the team are incredibly talented. Um, this community is incredibly supportive. So just the stream of ideas and capabilities that the community provides is amazing. I mean, yeah, I wrote the script, but outside of that quick little thing where I pop out on stage we've got everyone else who is putting these you know these characters together and rehearsing and being incredible stage actors so huge round of applause to them they are really part of what makes this happen um as far as the going from scratch to production um really what it is is once we figure out a show we kind of pull scripts we pull videos like i watch so many recordings on YouTube of the actual gameplay of the opera. And I'll, I actually, it was, um, I started out doing it, I think during Canary, I went into a small plot and I started building the, the balcony that Maria climbs. And I'm like, can I actually make that scene in the game? Once I can establish that you can translate something into the gameplay, then I expand on it. And then I'm like, okay, so we need to flesh out this story a bit better. You know, what else can I create? There's the, you know, the jungle scene where where Draco is out fighting the war. And I'm like, can I can I throw a platform up somewheres and make a separate scene on the set that is the outdoors? And um, with the worker, we had that wonderful door that opened up to what looked like the outside. So I knew we could build an outdoor area indoors. And and you kind of just piece it from there. And then once you realize that, you know, if a production's gonna work you just go from there uh with the worker you know a, a lot of the pieces that we've done the worker canary they've had material that we've been able to just straight pull and adapt um this one was a little different because we had a lot more to write into it and that's when we started looking at derivative works to look at you know hey who else has told this story in different ways let's get some recognition for them let's let's you know let's connect the universe with it and uh and then from there, you know, once you have that massive pile of materials, you kind of just sit back and try and piece it together in a tangible way for the audience, and uh, and you get that. 
Uh, I just want to know, was there anything in particular that presented a challenge to you production wise, not like just the scenes, but in just general productions as far as like emotes and everything like that? Because with with Stormblood, they, there was a few changes, a few quality of life additions. But um, was there anything that made it easier, like with the new changes? And was there anything that made it more efficient? Absolutely. Um, the housing limit increase. Oh, we use that. <laughs> uh, it's everything, everything they did for Stormblood, it was a double-edged sword because while we had the housing limit increase, um, it impacts DirectX 9 users. So we found very quickly that some users, uh, we had one DirectX 9 user at the VIP show that was sitting up in the balcony seating at the, you know, the top floor. And, uh, he said that some of the partitions on the floor were not loading. Um, so we had to quickly put out a message saying, hey, if you cannot play on DX11, you might need to adjust some settings. You know, you probably have to sit on the ground floor near the front so you get maximum object load of the stage. Um, so, you know, those were some difficulties. Um, the battle changes. We absolutely love the new abilities, uh, especially the ones that are out of combat. The the whole the fight scene between Setzer and Dra or between Ralph and Draco. Um, mm -hmm. that, you know, without the, what they put in Stormblood, we wouldn't have that amazing scene. Um, on the downside, the role system change, we lost all the cross-class abilities. So now before we would stick, um, like, um, when we do the Canary reprise, it's going to be our greatest challenge because for the, for the duel in that, uh, in Canary, when they do, uh, their sword fighting, um, we had them on gladiator and just they loaded up their cross-class abilities. Now we're a lot more limited. Um, however, we think that there's still enough left that we can, you know, really put on a proper scene for that. But but that was one of the things that worried me when I saw the patch notes. And I was like, okay, we're gonna lose some abilities. I might have to rethink the scenes. Um, and orchestrian roles is always a fun challenge because whenever they bring in new music, I'm like, great, I have to sit and read the script and play songs for every scene. I have listened to every orchestrian song so many times. And because, you know, a song can change a scene and a scene mm -hmm. can require a particular song. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty intense, but I mean, there's been no changes that have really limited us. We were, we're, this is really cliche. We're limit breakers. We uh, we look for the environment that we have, the the what the game's mechanics give us, and we push them to the limit, and we we figure out things new. And piggybacking off that, is, is there anyone in particular um, out of the out of the troupe who does the orchestrian role hunting? It's it's a collaborative effort, but I have to say, Skline has been probably the biggest help on orchestrian roles. Um, I've had some donated to me. I had um, somebody donated answers to me a while back. Nice. And um, I mean, that's that's always one of our biggest thing is when a patch comes out, we're like, we need to at least sample the song somewhere we can find it so we can know, is this a song that we want to get in for the scene? Um, just because during the streams, one of the biggest comments I get from the crowd is uh, compliments on the orchestrian selection. Uh, because we, you know, we try to make it so you don't have to use like a, a YouTube sync service to listen to music outside of the game or anything. We try and contain it within the game. And um, so having having that depth of orchestrian roles is hugely helpful to us and really helps with audiences experience. I got to ask one thing in particular. What one thing would make all your shows easier to perform? Took my question. 
<laughs> can't have all of them sly I, uh, I I have a good answer for that, and um, it's, I know it's probably not possible. I probably know it's a pipe dream, but direct communication with the development team, something where we can say, how much do you value what we're doing for the community? And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be one of those special snowflakes who goes, well, if you listen to me, I'm going to get a whole list of things I want from you. But being able to have this recognized as something that the community wants, something the community benefits from, and being able to, you know, make real suggestions for to know that they're watching what we do and they're learning from us just as we're learning from what they give us as developers. I think that would be the biggest thing that would just really improve not just what we could do but what the community can do with this amazing game hmm. now are there any damn it you that's it just take it i already know i already know what's coming sly just do it just take it do you are you Ask, are there do any do it are there any quality of life changes um either coming up or something that you would like see like to see implemented um that would help you wouldn't help you even further there is one thing i have been dying for why can we only have two direct lightings? Please give us more spotlights. Please give us more spotlights. Because I could do, I mean, if I can just have something where I can have more, just better better control of the lighting environment, that can really change the look and feel of when people come to a performance. Uh, we've been able to do some amazing things with hiding lights and pieces of furniture and whatnot, but, um, but yeah. I mean, getting more spotlights on stage would be incredible for us. It would allow us to build a bigger stage with larger action. Uh, one thing I saw the chat say that they wish we could do, I think it was Denmo in particular, uh, walking and, emo and emoting at the same time. Although, personally, I think that in, in 14, it would look, it kind of mm. looks silly and wow. It looks kind of stupid because, like, their lower half acts independently of the upper half to make it work. And I think with our game, it would look even sillier. But what about that? Do you, would, would that help, or do you kind of prefer the whole location, emote, location, emote kind of thing that you have to do now? I think, um, I think emotes in motion would, uh, would be helpful. I mean, I, I know the, the expressions on the face are, you know, to the face. So you can do facial expressions when running. But... Um, I mean, I wouldn't want them to overhaul the emotes just because I always fear if they overhaul something, it could change it in a way where we can't use it the way that we want to use it. Um, but I think introducing, I mean, they introduced water emotes. So I think introducing movement emotes might be something that would really be cool. All right, Sly, you got anything else? Now looking, moving forward, and this might be moving forward a lot, but have you ever thought about doing a a outside production, a kind of amphitheater type-ish production? I have. Um, I'm toying with the idea for Halloween. So, mm -hmm. and this is this is not too much spoilers, but uh, I know Hap is probably interested in hearing about whatever happened to Primal Judgment. Yeah, uh, because mm. of because of the the setbacks we had this year i had to i had to change my approach for that and what i really wanted to do is just take some of the 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 funny experiences that we've had dealing with primals lore and story wise like why do we really fight garuda three times 
you know, things like that. Uh, and then just the, of course, everybody wants to see something where it makes fun of people getting punched off platforms. And um, <laughs> so what we're doing for Primal Judgment is Halloween. Have you been to a theme park where they have the people dressed up as superheroes walking around the theme park entertaining people? Incredibly. And then sometimes they'll have um, at certain times in the day, they'll have like, you know, oh, go to the amphitheater area here. And they do like a 15 minute skit um, as mm -hmm. the superheroes. So we're looking at that for Primal Judgment. And so basically during Halloween, we're having kind of a collaborative event on Diabolos. You, you don't have to be a main player. You can enjoy it with alts. We're having, um, you know, we're going to see about getting trick-or-treating, Haunted House, a Masquerade Ball. I think somebody wants to host a costume contest there. Uh, just, you know, fun community things to get together in. And while those are going, well, that's going on over a few days, like a festival, there will be time slots where we'll give you a map that you can click on a link to see. And it'll be like, you know, Ravana can be found roaming the ward on this date between these times. And you will run into a character that is dressed like Ravana, probably doing emotes and shouting things that you've seen in the primal fight that Ravana shouts. Um, and we're going to be placing like striking dummies and stuff in areas on plots so they can actually, you know, kind of, look like a mini primal is running around the ward uh just as a you know as a way to get that kind of entertainment in and uh, also to test some outdoor things like i know i want the um there's going to be a mini skit that the garuda team does uh every once in a while and that is probably going to be in a yard um just to get striking dummy pillars um so that's going to be interesting but we do have plans to toy with that and you'll see development on that soon Hey, Square Enix, make it so we can rent the amphitheater in Gridania as an instance. That would be amazing. Just go ahead that and do that amazing. real quick. Uh, it doesn't even have to be for a show, but it could be used for one. Who knows? <laughs> they, for all you, you know. Kinda, you can kind of do it like um, kind of like the scheduling for uh, Ceremony of Eternal Bonding. Oh, that would be amazing. I uh, I always had an idea if, if they were to like create a like a, a real theater instance and mm -hmm. in the instance like you you pay gill or maybe they want to make it mog station i know people would not like that but i would pay for it um that would get them to develop it real fast i would pay for it yeah <laughs> but um to like rent a time slot and to host your event and you can set it to be you know open queue or somebody mm -hmm. has to like rsvp or something like that um and then the people who run it get like all the furniture in the game, free access, and they can build whatever they want. At the end of the instance, it all goes away because it's all instanced. Um, but just so you have that amazing creative space, just a melting pot for you to, to make wild things. And uh, I think that would be really cool. I don't, I don't think we would really get to that point, but maybe if there's enough demand and they're like, ooh, definitely. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see with um, what they do. If if they can charge real money for it, they'll do anything. <laughs> they'll they'll definitely do it. Yeah. Now, uh, four point one coming soon. That means housing coming soon. Any plans to expand and um, any plots in particular you're looking at? I know, like my FC is looking at one plot plot in particular. It's a huge plot, and just looking at that plot, I could see. Where, where um, we were going just a minute ago with uh, outside productions and everything, that would be perfect for it. So is there any plans to expand? Well, um, we are not 
looking to go to Shirogane. Okay. Um, I mean, I have, we have people in our organization who play 14 that are dead set on getting housing there. Um, they might be like, Hey, you guys want to use the plot for a thing? Um, and we might do something there, but, but we're not actively looking to expand to where we all are already are housing wise. Uh, just because, you know, we, we do have a lot of plots in the game we use for events and we don't want people to see us as one of those people that every time housing comes up, we snatch it from them. You know, our, our, our policy essentially is to make sure that whatever we have, we're using to entertain the community with. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's how we've gotten what we have so far is because uh, a lot of the properties we've gotten, it's been people who just don't play the game anymore or had the home and they're literally doing nothing with it. And we're just like, we'd like to make it something for the community to enjoy. So and, you know, and so far we've had a lot of people work with us on that. And that's been uh, that's been the basis for that. I was just going to ask something and it totally just out, out, out of my brain. I don't, it had something to do. Oh, I was going to say, uh, good because I, my character, I just log off in the lavender beds and don't have to move it because that's the only reason I have that Diablos character. Although yeah. it was funny because I logged off in front of the plot for the worker and I was like, I don't know where to go. <laughs> same, same thing here. I was like, I had to get people to guide me where the other house was. It was, it was, uh, it was a thing. Yeah, I, I just waited for the ushers to yell, and I was like, "Hey, where is it? I don't, I don't know." Plot twenty-eight. Okay, okay, thank you. It makes it, it makes it a lot easier when everything's in one area, and uh, and plus we have um, a lot of people who come in, and you know, I send them the free company invite, or somebody invites them, and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't play here. I'm just visiting," and I'm like, "The, the whole point of us, like, we're not a free company at all. I mean, we have free companies." But if you see ASR there, it's it's literally meant for visitors. So you're not taking up important slots for people. Like it's literally meant for visitors to stay there. Cause I mean, that's, we do a lot of our stuff there. Um, I mean, if you like jump mazes, we have a jump maze there. That's basically permanent. You're free to use that, but- I would know, like to use that. Is, is that the uh, Aperture one? Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, Aperture Lab num, uh, number A5R. It's uh, it's our, our portal theme inspired thing. And um, I know some people are like, why are you making a jump maze? This is this is not don't put jump mazes in this game. But um, it is really it's Sly loves jump mazes. I think you should make. Yeah, more. yeah. It's one of those, um, the mode that we have is called, is, is the extreme mode. We have um, Savages coming after Halloween, which is uh, going to be a mansion jump mix. Oh, great. You're, you're doing Square Enix's job. Great. Thanks. <laughs> but Thanks. Uh, I mean, there's there, there's a little trailer for extreme on our YouTube. It's a, it's a whole little fun series where we're kind of just poking fun at just that, you know, the, the portal theme and stuff like that. Mm. And um but yeah, it's uh, we've, we've definitely frustrated people because it's one of those jump mazes where you enter and you can't exit until you either, well, you can clip the wall and get back to the door. But once you enter, you have to complete the maze to exit. And it's uh, it's a really complex maze. Sly, you uh, you ready for this? No. I hereby challenge you. Make okay. a speedrun video. No. Don't be a bitch, yeah, ha Sly. Ha happy can do that. Happy can do that. He's happy to do for freaking. I am happy. Okay, he he's thrilled to do speed runs of Kugane. Um, no, I'm happy of the um, 
of the uh, jump puzzle in Kugane. He's oh the, the Kugane jump puzzle is 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 it can go die in a fire. It's it's simple compared to plot twenty four. I like that plot twenty four. <laughs> it sounds it sounds so daunting. <laughs> I know, right? Welcome to plot twenty four. Please luck. step in. <laughs> I don't know we we have a whole robotic voice in the trailer that talks about things and stuff. Yeah, it's the Glados voice, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's like a knockoff that I, I created okay. myself. But um, I mean, the whole story behind it is that a stage room, like I, I I sometimes dabble in like story writing, and so I just wanted to do this mm -hmm. funny idea, the idea that a stage reborn took this plot that had all sorts of stuff in it and we built this really advanced technological stage and took all the remaining parts and stuffed it in storage while we were doing the worker so i was like what if that was like an actual robot from our our jump maze like how how would it you know if it was a sentient robot what would it do it'd probably be really mad that it was stuffed in a closet and so i started creating this story where there's this this, this angry robot that is after destroying hi guys because oh. it hates what a stage report sorry i just blew everyone's eardrums out i was getting one of our next pieces ready and uh you i just blew everyone's eardrums out i apologize <laughs> not you two but them so yeah. my bad didn't mean to interrupt but i wanted to address it immediately you continue are you done? No, no, it's done. <laughs> My bad. I feels like it's muted, right? It's not muted. <laughs> it was just a loud hi, guys. That's all it was. It wasn't even me saying it. Normally it is. It felt really weird. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, Sly, do you have any remaining questions before we push on to our next topic? The only question I have is, is there anything you want to tease for for the uh, coming months? Any Outside of Halloween, I'm guessing, and the yeah, jump puzzle? Yeah. There's one thing, and I can only say a really, really limited amount of stuff on it. Okay. Um, we do have a big show planned for 2018. And we're waiting on feedback from... Uh, um, we're waiting for Disney legal to get back to us. That's all I can say. Disney. Hmm. Yay. I'm not even going to start trying to guess. I'm just going to let that be where it is. Um, Sly wants to myriad, get back at it. Uh, myriad tales. It's another thing I've really been looking forward to. How's, uh, we have a time frame on that. We are set to, we are going to begin filming the, um, the pilot and the teaser trailers and stuff, hopefully by the end of this year. I've been working closely with our creative manager for that project, Mani. Uh, he's Infernia Lestiatus in game. He is like, he's the mastermind writer behind the plot story and everything. Um, so we've been talking a lot about that recently. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, I think sometime in the winter, we'll get a pretty good trailer and pilot episode going. So, um, you will, you will definitely hear more about that soon. Perfect. Denmo cracked me up. He's like, Aladdin, big blue Rogan and genie. <laughs> and you know, what's even better. I imagine that the, if you, if you did do genie for Aladdin, he'd like be on a floor below the stage. So you only, you don't see his legs. That's the first thing that came to my mind at the very least. Oh, that's you know you can you can float those pillows the um those new cushions that you can get from the the um the maid NPC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they actually act as a floor, so you could do a flying carpet. 
a flying carpet. Genie could be through the... F oh. Denmo is all of a sudden just like, what have I begun? Oh no, it works too well! <laughs> it's too good! A blue Mr. Face would be the most frightening thing on a stage that anyone's ever seen. Alright. Okay, so thank you for taking the time to talk about thank you A Stage so Reborn. Much. Yeah, and, okay. and for getting me that clip of uh, Maria and Draco to show to everyone. Hey, you got it right. Shut up. I should. It should be Draco <laughs> and Maria. I don't care what anyone says. Alphabetically speaking, it sounds better. Okay? Uh, before we move on to this week's Host of the Realm, which you've, everyone watching has already had a very loud teaser of uh, about five minutes ago, um, I want to just pick both of your brains on the 4.1 website. The 4.1 mm -hmm. website is actually live, and this is big because everyone's still waiting for an official date, which we'll have in a day and a half, pretty much, when the next live letter happens. Uh, is there anything on there that you gentlemen wish to discuss? Obviously, housing is one of them. We kind of already tackled that with Shiro Gane open, opening up. We have the lost city. Of, we have the sunken city of Scala. It's the drowned city. I'll get it right on a third time. The drowned city of Scala, return to Ivalice in the main scenario, the only pieces on there. So... First, I'll ask you, gentlemen, is there anything in particular you wish to discuss about those elements? And answer. I'm really excited for Return to Ivalice. Um, is, it have... is it because it's it's literally Tantalus is coming to perform right now? <laughs> it, you know, as soon as those words went across my eyes, I was just like, ooh, ooh, theater. Ooh, hold on. Um, but no, it's uh, I, I really love that they, they are making 14 a theme park of Final Fantasies. Uh, I really like that kind of integration. I'm really interested to see how they integrate that and, and, the, and, and the whole, you know, Prima Vista, Tantalus Company, Theater Company, everything. I, I can't wait to see that story. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't really into the Crystal Tower story or the Void Arc story. I was like, eh, Sky Pirates and whatever. Um, but this has me excited. Um, a lot of people give me flack for not really playing the game. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm 70 Paladin now. Come on, guys. But um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think once Return to Evil East comes out, I'm going to be playing content a lot more. Um, hopefully my staff doesn't yell at me and go, Saba, you need to work. Stop playing. <laughs> that is they're already thinking about it. Don't worry. They, they'll, they'll keep you on your toes. I can tell. Um, Sly, what about you? Uh, mainly housing. In terms of Return to Evil East, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the art style. Um, Keda Mimia is doing mainly illustrations. In yeah, you know who he's drawn, right? Yeah. He, so just so you guys know, I'm not 100% sure it's him, but Keita Amimiya has done art for the Shin Megami Tensai series. So you know that Dick Chariot joke we tell every week? He might be the actual artist of said Dick Chariot working on the bosses in Return to Ivalice. In other words, yeah. We discussed that weeks ago when Sly, for some reason, thought that the boss in there actually looked like Mara. Um, it doesn't. He's wrong. It's just a chariot. We already discussed this. He's been proven completely incorrect and everything. So uh, don't worry about okay. that. But uh, okay. yeah, I'm glad right. you're looking forward to that. All right. Sly. Sly. I don't even want to watch you fight that boss. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to see the actions. 
<laughs> I like this thought. Imagine Yoshi P just walks into the room and there's just a giant dick on the wall and it's a boss design. Yeah, that's Mara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we not? Can we make it a chariot just with less dick? Please. Infinity brings up a good one. Days without dick chariot zero. <laughs> Episodes without it. I can go a yeah. day without it, but a week? Please. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Please. Uh, you're such a... I can't, your reason for looking... Yeah, the boss designer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest thing on the 4.1 website it was, is what's not immediately present there is Eureka the Forbidden Land. Um, now, not to say it couldn't be stuck under side story or additional updates, but when the animal weapons came out back in 3.15, they did have their own section on the website itself. So I am leaning more towards Eureka not being prepared enough for them to even put on this website, which to me means not even a 4.15-ish release date, which is something yeah. I'm looking forward to the most. And apparently yeah, doing dungeons with my squadron, I guess. <sighs> so... As far as I'm concerned, my squadron is eight extra places for me to store armor. If you can glam them, right? What else are they Ooh. there for? Like, I don't care about how they do in a dungeon. Just that's that's they're so just, much inventory just, space. They're just mini retainers to you. Yeah, they're just they can only have the armor that they're. I hope they at least can hold the armor that they that they have glammed to them. I hopefully it's not like you like stick it to them, but they don't actually like have it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty disappointed. Also, I still have no idea what's going on with the main scenario. It's literally just like, yeah, what's gonna happen? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Rao Bon looks to be the kind of key player in the story. If I had to guess who the legend is, I'm gonna say Rao Bon. He's a legend. If you don't, you know, I had a I had a thought about what they might do with the story. If uh, because you know all this time, and, and I think they mentioned it in the text on the website. Uh, all this time, Robon's been, you know, talking about Alamigo, free Alamigo, go back to Alamigo. And uh, I wonder if they're going to make him make a decision um, if he's going to, you know, go back to Olda or if he's going to have to choose, you know, hey, am I going to go to Alamigo and say, bye, Olda, I'm going to I'm going to be here forever now. Um, the syndicate would like that. They fucking hate having him on the seat. Yeah. <laughs> Syndicate's probably like, yeah, no, home. Yeah. No, yeah, you should you should be with. They're your home. They're your home. Get the fucking fire burning for his chair now. They want him gone. They they are absolutely Nanamo, but Nanamo is gonna want him to stay. She's like, I know I don't want you to go, but I want you. Please. I can't do this without you. And then she poisons and dies and comes back to life again. Who the fuck knows? Anyway. I have no trust with Nanamo. I feel like she's alive for just I don't like that she's alive. She she's burned you that hard. She burned me hard. She should be dead. I don't like that she's alive. It's, it upsets me. To this day. It's been two years. I'm still upset. I'll, I'll never get over it. Um, all right. So uh, 4.1 website doesn't have much. But as a reminder, the live letter is this Friday at 4 a.m. Pacific. So we should be getting a great deal more information, including a trailer. Hopefully, we better get it. And gentlemen, release dates. I'm still sticking with October 10th. I would hope it's October 10th. Sly, that's not a prediction. There's um, no confidence I'll... in your voice. Uh, yeah, let's go with October 10th. 
What about you, Wander? You know, I'm I'm gonna be that guy who bets one less penny, and I'm gonna say October 9th. Why not? That's that's when the servers will go down, you cheater. But the the servers the servers will come up on the tenth. It's probably gonna be like an eighteen hour that starts on the ninth and opens on the tenth. Mm-hmm. You right, you you Monday got. Stop! This isn't the Price Is Right. I'm not. Do I look? Do I look like Bob Barker? A dollar. Don't say yes because I don't want to be that old yet. What about the the day of the first emergency maintenance? What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that every means. Time, you know, every time they patch, there's like five subsequent patches. Oh, we gotta fix this. Oh, we gotta yeah. fix this. Oh, we gotta fix this. Yeah, you got a good point. It just better not be the seventeenth. It better be the tenth. I'm planning my October around it being the tenth. Please, please do not be anything but the tenth. All nice. right, gentlemen. So we spent the first 25 minutes of the show just sitting back and relaxing. Well, before we read our sponsor list, we get to do the same thing for the last 15 or so minutes. Uh, as everyone knows, we've been doing a new segment called Host of the Realm, where it takes time to highlight the various hosts that are, are on uh, Stay the Realm consistently. Everyone wants mine to be next week, so I'll have to do one, even though I, I still think it's just... I talk about myself no, enough. No, no, you have to do. One. I'll do it. I'm doing it. I've already decided I'm doing it, Sly. I just don't necessarily Good. agree with it because I've done that style of video so many times. Uh, this week we have Ethis, who's not here. So, like I said at the beginning, show we can laugh at him, and you can also laugh at my editing job because what I've been doing with the host of the realms is I made I made slides that with Marys I got rid of all the images on slides and then posted some new ones for Mary. For Ethesis, I attempted to do the same thing by taking Mary's, but I forgot to get rid of an image. So at one point, while Ethesis is talking about reading books, a picture of Papa Murphy's pizza is going to pop. <laughs> I love books, and then just pizza in the corner. <laughs> Please play this now. It's. I think it's like two, it's not even like two minutes in, but I'm just letting everyone know. I'm well aware that that is going to happen. Also, for our uh, audio-only listeners... Uh, Ethos actually repeated all the questions himself, so this week I don't have to do the recording over. I went out of my way to, like, record audio for just the questions last week because I didn't ask you guys to repeat them back. Like, I should have. It's my bad. But Ethos did it without even being asked, so he was way easier to work with than you, than you and Mary Sly. He was done and gone in 20 minutes, and it took me, like, five minutes of editing to get his down. Nothing, Sly? In the words of Sly, eat a dick. I like it. All right. On that note, though, uh, mute your microphones, gentlemen. Let's enjoy that. Oh, God. That that face. He's too. All right. <laughs> that face. All right. Let's, uh, let's get started with Ethis' Host of the Realm, also known as Smug of the Realm. Guys, uh, Ethis here. Welcome to Host of the Realm, where you get to sit and have a couple of intimate moments with me. What was I doing with my life prior to 14? Well, I was, uh, I was studying at the University of Sydney for far too long. 
uh, doing a, a Bachelor of Arts in, in uh, English and Philosophy and then Honours in Philosophy, um, which might seem like a bit of a far stretch. And uh, just, you know, doing the, the random odd jobs to get myself through that. A lot, of, uh, a lot of hospitality work, a lot of bartending, a lot of manual labor on construction sites, actually. And again, it's a bit of a far cry from uh, digging holes all day to editing videos. So video games have always been uh, a social thing for me as, as far back as I can remember. Um, I was actually a really sick kid. I spent a lot of time in hospital um, and you know, my only sort of escapisms were, were books and, and games, but we actually had uh, consoles. We actually had like SNES and Nintendo 64 consoles in the hospital, the children's ward, and uh, all of the, the sick kids in there sort of get together and we'd be playing, you know, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers and stuff like that. So that was my, my very, very earliest uh, experience with, with gaming. Um, and although it hasn't always been the most salient part of my life up until the last couple of years, it's always sort of, you know, been there as like this, this sort of, uh, this comfort, this old friend, if you know what I mean. All right. When, when did I first start playing Final Fantasy XIV? Wowie. Um, so as a lot of you probably know, Final Fantasy wasn't, really huge franchise in Australia in the 90s. We didn't actually have any Final Fantasy games on the SNES released in this region. So my experiences with the Final Fantasy franchise didn't begin until uh, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 10 I got super into. And 14, I had a friend convince me to try during the beta uh, for A Realm Reborn because I was actually waiting for Elder Scrolls Online to be released. And we'd just been playing Star Wars The Old Republic and that had gone free to play and it was a whole mess. We'd given up on that. Uh, I was waiting around for Elder Scrolls Online and desperately hoping that that was gonna be good. And, well, I mean, that's arguable, but I think most of us know how that turned out. And I just fell in love with 14. I fell in love with the world. I fell in love with the community. Most importantly, uh, I found a, a really wonderful community here and I just got attached. What specifically got me invested in the lore of Final Fantasy XIV? Alright, I remember when Heavensward was first announced and uh, we got some artwork revealed of the two primals, Bismarck and Ravana. I was on a TeamSpeak call, I think it was TeamSpeak then, probably not Discord, it probably was TeamSpeak, with a couple of friends and they were sort of asking, oh Ravana, that's, that's, a, that's a weird one, why hasn't that been uh, in the Final Fantasy franchise before, what could that possibly mean? And I sort of explained to them the background of the, the sort of uh, mythological character of Ravana and how I thought it might be able to fit in or whatever. Uh, and one of my mates said, oh, you should make like a YouTube video about that. And uh, I thought to myself, well, never done anything like that before. I haven't recorded myself before, I haven't done any editing before, but you know what, what the hell, I'll give it a try. So I did that and I got some positive responses from people who liked it and also some uh, constructive feedback on how I could improve things, you know, technically. And I had this attitude of, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna wing it. I'm, I'm a writer, I'm not, I'm not an editor, I'm not a performer, but I'll pick up those tools as I go along and I just went all in, I went for it.
and uh, here I am. Do I remember my first summer stay of the realm? Yeah, I remember we did the first day of Zivia. I remember Mike uh, contacted me and asked if I thought it would be a good idea to do do a trivia show for Final Fantasy XIV lore, and that that might be a way to make it uh, more approachable to audiences that weren't necessarily like super invested in lore, just general Final Fantasy XIV players. It could be something that they could get engaged in and excited about. And I thought that was a good idea. And I remember I came on, I had some nerves to begin with, but I think that I just sort of clicked into, maybe, maybe I'm being presumptuous, but I think I just clicked into the dynamic really, really well. I found that I had like a really fun sort of uh, natural rapport with both Sly and Mike. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a really good show. It was, it was a bunch of fun and uh, never really looked back. Has changing, has, has, has creating content, has creating content changed my perception of playing the game? Yeah, I think definitely since I started creating content, I found that I paid a lot more attention to the little things. I would uh, try and internalize pretty much every line of dialogue. I try to remember everything and retain everything and go over everything, you know, multiple, multiple times. Uh, whenever I do my first runs through dungeons, you'll notice I'll be stopping every two seconds to kind of look around and scan walls and look at uh, look at features and you know make notes and stuff like that, which is something that I never really used to do. I used to just play through the game, and enjoy the game, and that stuff would sort of stick in my head, but I wasn't being so analytic about it. I don't think, and uh, yeah. How was my experience with FanFest 2016? Wow. So I'd never been to any kind of convention uh, of that scale before. There's nothing like that in Australia. We have, we have RTX, we have PAX Melbourne. They're starting to get bigger over the last couple of years, but generally they're, they're nothing like what you guys see over there. Uh, the thing that really took me off guard though wasn't the number of people or the spectacle or the size of things it was the fact that because it was a, a very specific sort of event it was all about final fantasy 14 there was so many people there who knew who i was and knew my face and knew my work and were treating me with some sort of deference like asking for autographs asking for handshakes wanting to take photos with me and before then i never met uh, someone who had consumed my content face-to-face. Uh, -face. I, I, I use the term fan very loosely because I absolutely hate that term. But I hadn't met one of my fans uh, in person before. So it was really, really overwhelming sort of being in the spotlight for the whole time. But it was also, it was really cool. It was really exciting because I had this sort of, uh, uh, I, I, I guess I, I, it was just really easy to connect with people. I got to meet so many people, which I wouldn't have otherwise. And I got to hang out with a bunch of other content creators and podcasters. And that was absolutely fantastic. And streamers, of course. Uh, but just everything that I thought I knew about the community, having that kind of solidified for me. And it just made everything 
real, I guess, just going there and saying, oh, look, these are real people that I'm engaging with and that I'm hopefully affecting in some way and that I'm having a discourse with. And I think when you come back from events like that, I'm sure all, all content creators are the same way. You find yourself feeling like really recharged, really reinvigorated. And it was just, it was just a really wonderful experience. And honestly, I can't wait for the next one. How have things been since FanFest? Well, uh, I started streaming. We got the NBN here, which is National Broadband Network. It's, it's basically, it's broadband that's good enough to stream on. Most of the country still doesn't have it. But as of January, I've had it and I've been streaming. And I've been focusing, honestly, more and more on that uh, because it's a new challenge. It's fun. I get to engage with people far more uh, directly, which I really, really enjoy. Uh, I don't have to wait for, you know, YouTube comments several days later and then, you know, write a reply and I can have sort of these live conversations and discourses. And when we're talking about law and people are asking me questions, we're having these sort of on the fly discussions and that's, and that's really, really great. Um, it's, uh, like I say, another set of challenges as well. It's forced me to sort of up my game in terms of uh, my presentation and in terms of my communication skills, I guess. You don't get multiple takes on Twitch if you stuff up. Like, that's it. You stuffed up. Uh, whereas on YouTube, I, I honestly, I found it's like improved my YouTube content a lot because I'm sort of you know, better engaging with people. Um, that said, YouTube has taken a bit of a backseat recently just because there are enough hours in the day it's just crazy. There, there really, really are. And I'm always trying to start new projects and work on new things. And it's just, uh, it's really difficult to keep all these balls in the air at once, which is something that I think definitely since FanFest, I think if anything, I've probably bitten off a little bit more than I can chew, but I'm doing my best. I'm having a great time with it. What law do I hope to see explored in Final Fantasy XIV in the future? That's a good question. Uh, well, obviously, I play Duskwhite. I'm very invested in the Duskwhites, and I want to see what they're up to, because we've only got a couple of actual named NPCs of any significance among the Duskwhite clan. Other thing is, I want to see so much of the the richness of Final Fantasy's uh, Final Fantasy XIV's lores and its history is in civilizations like like Alug and like the fifth astral era civilizations. And we're about to see another one of those, the uh, sunken city of Skala, which is gonna be very interesting beneath uh, Alamigo there. So I like to see more of that kind of stuff. I know a lot of people get salty when I suggest this, but I would honestly really love to see like a time travel expansion where we find out that all the warriors of light from previous eras are us in our future we have to go back and sort of fix things and that would give us an opportunity to you know more uh directly intercede the the fall of alug and you know phlegathon's rebellion and everything going on there without you know just being told about it and same thing with the war of the magi being like a participant i reckon would be really really neat and i think that after we wrap things up with garlemald uh there's definitely a lot of fresh opportunities in the world Final thoughts, 
Well, I'm very excited for the rest of this year and for everything that 2018 is going to bring because of the support that you guys show me and the fact that, you know, you watch me. Uh, I've got a lot of really exciting opportunities coming up, um, which I wouldn't have had otherwise. I never thought I'd be working in this industry. You know, it's, it's every, every nerdy kid's dream to be working in the gaming industry. And I never thought it would happen. So thank you all so much. I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do it without you guys watching. And I'm incredibly grateful and humbled. And I know I seem like an egomaniac sometimes, but uh, you know, I, uh, I really appreciate all you guys. Thanks for watching guys. All right, and that was Ethicist segment. There were more mistakes in it than I realized. Honestly, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a shot in the dark as to why I had so many in that first. Because you could see after those first couple, it's fine. I'm gonna assume I noticed those mistakes as I went back and checked, and my version that's currently saved has all the correct text. I'm gonna assume what I did was realize it was wrong, edit it, and then I never re-rendered it. I got distracted by something, and then I just uploaded what I had. I'm going to presume that's what happened, considering my file has all the correct parts done and all the images deleted. Still, the funniest thing was the when piece. he was talking about... I'm, I'm, I was a sick kid. Uh, no, it was I was a sick kid, and I loved books. And then when he says yeah. the word books, the pizza Papa pops Murphy's. up. I'm sorry, that's, that's all that matters. And also, the, the same first question is there. <laughs> There's, for all you know, he likes pizza. Maybe not Papa Murphy's, because I doubt they exist in Australia, but... You know, <clears> that would be, uh... What would Papa Murphy's be in Australia? I don't know. What kind of pizza? I don't know. That's... I don't know. It's not like they have Red Baron or... Anything like that. You know? Like, Red Baron's a chain? <laughs> it's not like they... I mean, you can get them frozen. You can get frozen Red Baron pizzas, even if you don't have it uh, anywhere near you. I could, I assure you yeah. that. So that was Ethicist. Uh My lack of professionalism is bounced out by his integrity. I, di I didn't even edit out as many ums or uhs, because I'm like, fuck it. His video is going to be like seven minutes if I edit all this down. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, let him, I'll let him go through the thought process a little bit longer. It took 18 minutes to record all of his segment, which got brought down to a 13-minute video. Sly, yours was 44 minutes, and Mary's was 38, almost 39 minutes. What are you saying? I'm just saying, this man is concise. And he was sick, so may have contributed a little bit to the conciseness. Conciseness? Yeah, we'll go with that. That's okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll yeah, go with that. Sure. All yeah. right. So that's going to be a wrap for this week. Uh, before we sign off, though, we have a few things to do. One, I got to shout out our sponsors. We have a few more popping up on the list. And again, if you're someone who is supporting the show over on Patreon and I do not have a name for you on the sponsor list, that's why you're not appearing there. I had one earlier that I didn't ever got a name for. So uh, we have our standard sponsors in the form of Kiriyoshi, Ignis Fairgun from Diabolos. Hey, I know that server. Goisha Valfer of Siren, Jean-Francois, the Macho, Louis Hirschfurst of Fairy, Phoenix Daffrey Company on Goblin, and Obayat Jalsamsi 2, and Saren from Zodiac. Our premium sponsors, Spike, Rudy Rudiger, Nadian Kurosame, Kuja Cross of Genova, Ahmed Kuranai Oni Abdullah, Tin Colossus, Killer Hackman, Rawl Jr., Darklight 2013, Arthur Ramil Gaming Bishop, and Kiltastic Jones. Thank you for sponsoring the show against hashtag demonetized. <laughs> 
hey, that's the only reason why we started even doing it. Because yeah. with Dick Chariot in every episode, it's like, I can't even fight back. The funniest thing was the fanfic on YouTube, where it was like, would you like to request a review for this? And I was like, no. No, I'm going to let that one go. I think I'm no. going to lose. I think I'm going to lose that battle on YouTube. Oh, man. YouTube doesn't like Mara, man. I don't know. Might be okay with Mara. Might be less okay with with the glass. <laughs> Might be less okay with the fanfic from the post yeah. show that one week. Might be less okay with it. All right. But anyway, uh, that's going to be a wrap for the show. We're going to move on over into a short post show because I know Sly is itching to get to that Donkey Rompers 3. No. No. Tomorrow you got no, raid tonight, don't you? Mm-mm. Yeah, you got no. raid tonight. You're itching for mm-mm. it. You're just not getting. Get no, to I it. have raid. I have to raid tomorrow. Tonight's off. Tonight's yeah. off. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Yep. You got a raid. Somebody. I had somebody suffer me in um, raid yesterday. Oh, for donkey rompers. Okay. Yep. All right. Now you just gonna go. I had, and all get... my, I had all my bases covered. Damn, that's that's legit. Even had the show moved to Wednesday this week. You did have all your bases was... covered. Yeah, I thought it was Monday, but still, yeah. It probably yeah, was at one point, but it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next week's show will be on Tuesday again. Just so Yes, more. regular time, finally. <laughs> Back to normal Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Pacific, not Wednesdays like we've done the last two weeks. Uh, but anyway, let us have our guest from Stage Reborn, Wander, do his little sign-off, tell them where they can find you at, my good sir. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry your name's spelled wrong. I took the spelling from the last one, which apparently was also wrong, and just apply. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's how it was spelled." Okay, bu- 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 bu. perfect. And then so, and then everyone chats like, "Hey, that's supposed to be an A," and I'm like, "They probably said that last time, and I never fixed it." Great, great. <laughs> Tell them where they can find you and Stage Reborn at, man. Well, um. It's easy. www.astagereborn.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, all of those username, a stage reborn. Awesome. And if you want to find me on Twitch, um, my my own Twitch is Wonder Sabaku, but uh, with an A. <laughs> with an A. Somebody will type that out, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were talking in the chat earlier. So maybe somebody, somebody picked up on it's, it's Just, just see. I'm gonna go back to the three of us where it says, "Yeah, see that Sebaku? It's Sabaku." Okay? Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where the mistake is. There you go. All right, Sly, want to tell them? Why don't you tell them where they can find you at? You can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly aka GrayFox. You can find me on Instagram at Sly aka GrayFox07. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Velvet Room, where I'm uploading all of my playthrough of uh, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. The Danganronpa recollection is already there. So if you want to go back and watch any Danganronpa game before V3, you can. Um, yeah. Donkey Rompers. What's the other nickname we have for it? Hers is Mel's is Donkey Rompers. That's where I got that one. I don't remember. Dangling, dangling Grandpa. Dangling Grandpa. Something. Yeah, Dangling Grandpa is, is the other one. That's a great nickname. You got to admit, Dangling <laughs> Grandpa is great. Considering it's high school children, it's a little inappropriate. But that's besides the point. <laughs> it's all right. I just want you to think about that. Listen, we get to talk about Dick Terry every week. It's fine. Dangling Grandpa's. Yeah. Okay. There you go. 
Where can they find you, Haps? You can find me, Mr. Happy1227, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, spelling things wrong and leaving pizzas and editing all the time. I'm I just finished playing Final Fantasy IX on PS4. I'm playing some Divinity Original Sin 2, which has been unbelievably good. I'm in, I'm just blown away at the quality of that if you're looking for an RPG. For October, we got Battle Chasers on the 3rd, hopefully patch 4.1 on October 10th, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades on the 31st, and I know there's also Lost Fear in Japan, and I think Mario Odyssey is is coming up soon-ish as well. I always forget the exact date for Mario Odyssey. And then I'm sure Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition is in November. I even got a setup to stream from a tablet so I could play that without using an emulator. So got a lot of stuff planned for the next several months. So hopefully you're all along for the ride. All right, gentlemen, we are going to move on over into post-show, which luckily also does not have Wanderer's full name in it, so it cannot be spelled wrong. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just making sure before I make that promise. <laughs> it doesn't say Sabaku, so it can't be spelled wrong. So I'm uh, glad I didn't make that mistake twice. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Wander. Best of luck on your future endeavors. You I'm sure we'll so have much. you on the show again when uh, new productions happen. And uh, everyone, we will see you next week on Tuesday to talk about Live Letter number 39. Thanks for joining us. Until then, take care. See you next week. And cut. We're still live, but cut. Like, that's 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 where the YouTube video ends. Thanks to Judy for two years, by the way, if you're here.